Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion Knives. Live from the campus of Top Radio, under the direction of Guido, Scoot, and Johnson, it's the pride of podcasting. It's Got Your Ears On. All right, everybody. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoot. Hello. And Johnson. There's more drama to talk about, Guido. Man, Johnson, there is drama. I mean, I feel like this is a this is like a regular soap opera, this WVU basketball situation. I don't As the biscuit basket turns. That would that would be our uh, soap opera name, I feel like. <laughs> so, Derek Culver uh leaves the team uh with no no plan of returning in an odd fashion yes in he... very odd fashion so kind of break it down for us johnson what what was sort of the timeline of of what happened here well i think we first saw um to credit to credit uh some folks on social media we first saw some rumblings about um from voice of morgantown right um yep. people playing in california Derek playing in california i think through his instagram um, and just some rumblings, some musings, some opinions about, hey, he he might not be coming back to Morgantown. I don't really think I felt I didn't buy into that at the time, but that's what I recall the first kind of rumblings. Then uh, his agent, whose name escapes me at the moment, I remember we had uh, it looked made up. We had a like a reaction that it felt like someone that was like a fake name or something. Like it was, right. it was like a person that did not exist kind of name. Yes. I don't know. Right. Um, he came out and said on Twitter, um, "Hey, you know, DC has signed with with us, and he's not returning to the team." That evening, that night, I feel like same day that night. Um, it was like it was like within. We were talking like half hours yeah. of like that came out and then it was like DC said no that's not happening and Gabe Osaboyan was like on Twitter going right. you know cry emoji this isn't happening yeah. whatever right yeah and saying no none of that's true then and we should also say Johnson that like half of WVU media like uh, all of those guys on social media that you see the Mike Kazazas the Cody Nespers like all those guys were like it's happening, and then they were like, "No, it's not happening." I mean, I felt sorry for all of those guys because they were like, "Yeah, tw- twisted all around." Right. That I think night. they were also trying to keep up and trying to figure out what was credible. You know, I think no one really knew what was credible at the time. Right. Derek then comes out essentially the next morning, the next day, um, and says, "Actually." I'm here now to confirm all that news that you've been hearing. It actually is true. I am choosing to sign and move on and and toward pro aspirations, and I'm not going to be coming back to the team. So I think that was a quick, like, I feel like it all happened in the course of, like, you know, 48 hours, 72 hours. Yeah, Yeah, it was was really weird. And I think what was even made it sort of stranger is, you know, earlier in the week, Coach Huggins had a press conference, and he had mentioned no, uh, he that oh I haven't heard anything. I don't think Derek Derek staying. I, I mean, we're expecting Derek to stay, and then Derek announces his intentions. And I don't know if it was a press conference or if it came out of the Huggins camp or if it was an interview. But Coach Huggins said, and this is I quote, and Guido, I think this hits it on the head for me. I want to hear what Scoot thinks, but yeah, I, th- I it felt like this other situation. And I think this hits it on the head. I totally agree. Yeah, so Huggins said, here's what I don't get. I told Devin Williams when he left early that he had a chance to be the fifth guy in WVU history to score 1,000 points and get 1,000 rebounds. Just him and Jerry West, Lloyd Lloyd Sharon, Kevin Williams, Warren Baker. That meant nothing to him. I told Derek, "Don't don't do what Devin did. Leave your name here. Leave your mark here. It will help you so much down the road. And just so you know, Derek Culver leaves WVU with 1,039 points and 799 rebounds. And Scoot, this feel, Devin Williams is the exact person that popped into my head when this all started to go down. You had talked about Sags last week, you know, yeah, with, yeah. you know, impacting the game like Sags. To me, Sags was the most like, Bo Jackson esque moment we might ever have with WVU basketball. Like, there's going to be people that, 
grow up and grow grow on with their you know basketball fandom and they're going to hear people like us talk about sags and they're going to look at us crossways because they're going to look at stats and not realize the must-see television that sags was you know during his time his sophomore year was amazing this did not feel like sags to me this so when when guido kind of unearthed this quote from hugs i thought man this hits it on the head for me because devin williams was the person exactly who i thought of who could have had that final year to really showcase things and decided to leave yeah um i guess in my mind i felt that i feel that devin williams was more polished than Derek culver was probably coming in um as he started right away i believe as a freshman the other the other part of this where it's a little bit different is i don't recall the end of devin williams junior year i guess it was where it finished similarly to Derek's. for me Derek culver started to check out about five to six games left of the season where the body language like he wasn't happy you could tell he was getting on guys for either not cutting or you know botching passes or you know not running what he thought needed to be run and and so the body language from Derek to me he became and part of that he became kind of like a ghost out there like we didn't you know the last, we're in the final 2 minutes of a game and we've got Gabe out there who brings zero offense when we need offense yeah and i thought if you if you think quickly back to the tournament i feel like the syracuse game was kind of different because that zone just screwed us all up but if you think about that moorhead state game i think he was really body language frustrated and unhappy with the talent he was going you know if you remember that game they had a talented freshman that they right. you know, was really kind of their driving force he still had a pretty good game and i thought for most or you know good portions of that game he matched right up with Derek, and I thought really frustrated him. And and I, I know you're going back skewed even before that game, but I yeah. agree with you that something was different to close out the season. He he just didn't feel like and he it, was in it. It could be something as simple as maybe there was a lot – and I don't know. I mean, we're not in the locker room, but maybe there's a lot of hype around Deuce or there's a lot of hype around Taz and McNeil, and Derek felt like, hey, I'm – I'm still standing here. How come I'm not getting the same kind of attention or, you know, we're now all of a sudden we're trying to feed the outside shooters and we've gone away from trying to get the ball inside, you know, something like that could be just what set him off this different path. Well, I, I don't like it Guido because it feels very, I mean, it's easy for me to say this, right? I mean, I'm, I'm a Derek Culver fan, but it feels like a bad decision because I know that's going to be a homer take because I want him back on the team. I mean, let's face it, I want I want him back on our on our squad next season. But to me, it just feels like someone is sort of coaxing a guy into a decision that I really feel. You know, you can we've argued back and forth. Like I've seen people on Twitter saying Miles should come back and showcase and improve his draft stock. I don't really buy into that. Right. I think he's done. No. You know right. what he needs to do, and people are excited about him. I think with I think with Derek though, man, he. I think he was poised to be, you know, a force and really showcase in one more season and really propel himself into that conversation. And and I guess here's my question I'll ask back to you guys. I'll, I'll tell my I'll give you my opinion first, but when you're a Division 1 basketball player like Derek Culver and you're getting chirped at by whatever agents or people or you know the in this however case, they the agent's name was Servando Tejada. <laughs> yeah, right? Whatever, whatever however that that works. And you look at your career, and you look at, like, I like Derek Culver, but his showing this last season does not get him drafted in the NBA. Probably doesn't get him in the G League. I mean, I, I don't, I, I I guess I don't see it. So when you're Derek Culver and you're sitting there and the guy's like, okay, well, we'll get you to play professionally, you'll go to the NBA, do you, like, I mean, are you, do you look at your season and go, oh, man, I, I don't know if I had an NBA season? I mean, I, I can't imagine that, like, he didn't realize that his last half dozen or so games were not good. He can't shoot outside of four feet. Like, what NBA team is going to say, you know what? We like Derek because he can really stretch the defense. He can't stretch a defense. And, I mean, and this would be a question I'd love to ask, you know, Deshaun or John Flowers, if we ever connect with them, is like, what at what point? I mean, those guys played four years, and and it's different in West Virginia basketball lore with them. So, like, not I'm not trying to compare, but I guess in my mind, like, 
as as a junior, not be you know leaving the program again, just like Devin Williams did, leaving the program. Now your career is pretty much. I mean, I think Devin Williams has played in Australia, in China, and he played in the G League a little bit, and I think he's played in Germany. Like so, he's gone all over the place. Is that like the career path that Derek's going to take now? I mean, Scoot's all Scoot's hot take last week was he's done with basketball, which I don't think it's true. But you know, I think that I don't I don't get it. Like I think you know, you stay around another year. I mean, and I'm not. I know that these guys, these kids, these men aren't there to get educations, but you get your free degree, and then you decide what to do. I think Johnson. I think it was Johnson texted me earlier in the week and said that. WVU might have one NBA guy. We certainly don't have five. Oh, that was, uh, you know who? You know who also said that? Well, that was actually Solheim that said that. Solheim okay. said yeah, that. That's yeah, right. right. He was talking yeah. to us. Yeah, that was right. So uh, they don't. They don't they have don't. five guys. There's no. There. If we had five NBA players, which I don't think we do, we sh- certainly shouldn't have ended our season the way we did. But I don't want this convers. That's the problem. I feel like when we start to delve into these conversations, I don't want people listening to think we're now hating on. Like I, I'm a big Derek Culver fan. It saddens me he's not going to be back. But to me, this again just feels like a poor decision in the long term because I'm sure there's people in his ear like, "Hey, man, you're a walking double double. You know, come right. come on board with us, and we'll we'll make this work towards some kind of you know either NBA. I'd Europe, like him whatever. to talk to Kevin Jones some more. Like I think Kevin Jones could, because there really wasn't any drama surrounding Kevin Jones at all. There was no. I mean, it, he was on good teams, and and Kevin led the conference in scoring and rebounding, and still struggled. And I mean, a Big East conference. We're not talking right. And still struggled, so that's why I, I would love for guys like that to have the impact on on a Derek Culver or a Sags Kanate or a Devin Williams. That's right. and I'm sure Hugs and staff would love for those guys to listen to Kevin. But I think that's why Hugs' quote that Guido read hits it on the head to me because I think he's exactly right, and I think that should have been the argument. You know, to me, it's a bit sad too because. I think I also text you guys that the other thing that occurred to me was that this Tejada guy, I'm supposed to believe this Tejada guy being in his ear was more convincing than like Eric Martin, Coach Hugs, you know, people on the staff. You know what I mean? Like I find it hard. Just that to me is a bit odd too that that he must, right. that that makes me think that he didn't have far to go then to be convinced. Do we, you know? do we feel the timing plays a role? So right, I'm with so. you on time. Well, I'm and here's the thing. Like I think you, we said this last week when we were talking about Polly Polycap or whatever hearing from DePaul, and you know, <laughs> and, but he's like uh, a, a smaller that's Derek be Culver. So fun! I'm Paul so ready for that. Because you know what? We're gonna spend the whole next how many two years he's with us. We're gonna be talking about Polly Polycap who came to us from DePaul. I think we only have one <laughs> year with him. I do think we have one year. Oh, okay, well, but we're anyway, have fun um, with it. I, you know, we talked about how it was interesting how the the transfer portal guys that Huggins brought in and how does, you know, where does Derek and, you know, where do those more offensive-minded guys inside compare to these guys that are more defensive-minded inside. But, I you know, the, the other thing for me when you talk about timing, Scoot, is what took Derek so long? Like, I mean, you're talking about, I mean, it's been a month since you know you saw Taz and McNeil declare for their NBA draft thing it's been you know 3 weeks plus since you saw Miles do it you know it's been 3 weeks plus since the guys left you know to go into the transfer yeah, portal what what took Derek and and we and I said like I said last week like you would think that I mean, I get the NBA drafting. He's gotten to whatever it is. It's like what I think it's like June fifth. It's like some ridiculous date that they have until they can declare for the NBA draft. But like even at that, like you think this would be a decision that you would have made the well, week I'm after wondering, so the tournament? This is just speculation. So maybe Derek's still good friends with these guys. Let's just assume. I'm and sure you think. and um, you know he's talking to Miles or he's talking to Taz or McNeil, and maybe they're getting positive feedback from some talent evaluators to the point where they tell Derek, Hey, you know what? I don't think I'm coming back. It looks like I'm not coming back. So then Derek in his mind says, well, I'm looking around and I've got Jalen bridges and Kedrian Johnson are the only two people in the room 
that I've played with before. I don't really want to be on this. Let's figure out where this guy fits, where this guy fits team. I'm going to pull the plug too. Cause I'm not going to, I'm not going to go out my senior year like this. So you think Derek knows more about who may or may not return is what you're saying. Yeah. May, I mean, maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's a factor. Maybe he, he thinks I'm not going to, Who's going to get me the ball? Kedrian? Yeah, I I can see I can see your point and I'm sure those guys are talking all the time so he probably does have some info. But that also to me means that you're assuming that Taz, Sean, these guys aren't coming back and I'm not convinced that's the case. I I would be more likely to feel like Sean's coming back, you know, for example, than not. Well, and you I, and you you uh, we saw that John Rothstein tweet from this week Johnson where John Rothstein which is, again, a way early prediction here on the West Virginia 2021-2022 starting five. He's got Miles McBride, Sean McNeil, Jalen Bridges, Isaiah Cottrell, and Gabe Osaboyan as the starting as five. As the starting five, yeah. And I'm like, okay, I can see four of those, maybe. Like, I, there, I don't think Miles is coming back. Like, I just don't think Miles is coming back. I think... You're, I think Sean McNeil and Taz Sherman can be interchangeable. I think one of them is coming back. One of them, yeah. Okay, I could get on board with that. I don't think both – I mean, maybe both do if we're lucky, but I think one of them comes back. And then the other three I agree with. But, Scoot, I think, think Jalen Bridges – you know that meme with John Travolta where he's like – He's like walking around yeah, and yeah. looking around, like where'd everybody go? Palms yeah, toward the ceiling. What's that from? Pul- to, uh, pulp Fiction. Yeah, to me that seems like Jalen Bridges right now. He's like he's like pumped to be on this what's, team, and now he's gonna going to come on? back next season. Like where'd everybody I, go? I'm not going to believe anybody's coming back until they officially say I'm coming back. So, for me, you say you're gone. All right, go ahead and go. I I'm also one of those. <laughs> I guess it's maybe my personality. Like, hey. I get it. You are interested to see what's out there for you. That's fine. Go ahead and go. I've got a team over here that I'm trying to build. I can't have this. Uh, I might come back. I might not come back. I've got to go ahead and, and move forward, assuming you're not coming back. Yeah. If you come back, right. great. Right. We'll, we'll include you in stuff. But for right now, I've got to put you over to the side yeah, because I've got to get yeah. my mind right in case you don't. Right. So let me ask you a, let me ask you guys a question. Like seeing what's what has happened in the past five weeks since the NCAA tournament ended, and we've gone through what we've gone through with, um, or since we got we left the NCAA tournament, right? And we've gone through what we've gone through. Are you? I mean, are you guys worried about this basketball team? Is this basketball team thumbs down? I don't feel good about it. I mean, uh, not to say that. I'm sure, the guys that they're bringing in are good. I mean, it's a not- lot of people who have left. It's you're talking, to, and I guess I bring it up because we talked about this with you know with a lot of people. We talked about it with Josh from Unreasonable Doubt. We talked about it with with Brent Solheim, friend of the show. Uh, we've talked about it with a lot of people. There was a, a like I think this was probably the most hyped WVU basketball team in at least a decade plus. And so there were a lot of expectations for this well, team. Well, since the Final Four of, team, yes. Yeah, Definitely yeah, since sure. the Final Four team. Yeah. There were a lot of expectations for this team. You know, everybody thought this team was going to go deep. And then now we play our season. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't great. It wasn't as great as I think we'd all hoped. It wasn't terrible. But then everybody, like so many people have left the ship. Well, I mean, we're sitting on here. I mean, here's – let's – be realistic so it takes we talk about how it takes guys at least a year to adjust to huggins way of coaching and some probably some of the terminology and that's why we saw taz get better that's why we saw Mm -hmm. sean mcneil get better well we've just brought in three guys and we have one year with each of those guys okay Mm -hmm. i believe well kerrigan maybe not but i think curry we do have one year and i think Polycap we have one year are we to assume that 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 learning curve is going to somehow speed up because they're going to have to play more? I don't know, but the way I look at it now, I'm trying to think: Is Seni Enjai ready to be a starter? Because if Isaiah Cottrell isn't 100% healthy yet, he might have to start. I'm Gabe Osaboyan is going to have to start. Um, you know, I'm I'm looking at Taj Thweet. Who probably saw a combined? I think I've. Uh, I think I think Johnson has more time on the Coliseum court than Tash Thweet does. Well, I agree. I agree. That's that's what I'm getting at. Like, 
but that I guy think might have you, to start. Right. Well, I think though to answer your question, then I I'm not down on it, but I guess my confidence isn't there in it because I think what I would agree with what Scoot's saying. There's just there's going to be a lot of new parts being interchanged and and you know inserted in here that have never played before have you know they're going to have maybe some take kind some of lumps. practice time and then you're going to go into a big 12 you know you're going to have to try to work out those kinks pretty quick and then run into the big 12 conference that's usually like a buzzsaw so right we're uh, not kansas we can't just restock yeah, like i like think kansas that's does. the thing for me is it's going to be a lot of new parts you're trying to interchange and hopefully it gels if it doesn't it could be a really long season so is this a sign that especially with Eric Martin not getting the job at Cincinnati and most likely staying on staff at WVU, one would assume. Is this a sign that our Huggins years are kind of winding down quicker than we may all believe or think? And I'm not trying to push him out the door, and we definitely want Coach Huggins here, but is this a sign that the program doesn't have – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It it it, it, it it the guys aren't as connected to the program as they as the guys have been in the past. So you you know you saw guys when Huggins first came in. You saw the Deshawns. You saw the John Flowers. You saw those guys that stayed with the program. You know, and for the most part, I mean, you've had the Devin Williamses, you've had the Sags, you've had those guys, but for the most part, you've seen a lot of guys stay with the program. This is now starting to feel like. Man, we had, I mean, where are we up to now, guys? Seven, six guys? Six guys who had lots of playing time leave the program now in the past month? Well, what it tells me is, so in, in the past, in the past we would see people transfer for playing time. And in a lot of cases, that's why this transfer portal whole situation where you don't have to sit out is is kind of like a bonanza because you're finding a lot of guys that weren't getting playing time. Of right. the guys that we have listed as tr- transfers or off the team or leaving the team or whatever, only one guy of those six or whatever we just mentioned is a playing time reason for transferring. That's right. what's a concern for me. Like, So it's not that they're not playing because they are right. playing. It's they're not happy playing here. I mean, we said we were saying we were saying four months ago, five months ago, that Jordan McCabe was going to transfer after the season. So that that one definitely wasn't right. a shock. That's, that's I agree playing with you, time, right? That is playing yeah. time. These other guys, Emmett Matthews, not happy about playing time. That's not the reason why he's leaving. And and here's the thing: you if you asked, I bet you if you asked ninety percent of the coaches in Division One basketball right now, they would. I mean, not to blame COVID for something else that's screwing up the world, but like they'd blame COVID. They'd blame this whole. You know, they've gotten rid of the sit out year. They've gotten rid of the fact that these. So now you have guys like I guarantee you. I mean, I said this a few weeks ago. Emmett Matthews would not have transferred out of WVU if he had to sit a year. He 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 transferred because he could go to well, Washington he, where he's going to like play. Twenty five, you know, like he, <laughs> right, he's right, you know, right, pushing his career to start of his career back. Whereas these guys don't have to do that now, right? No, right. They don't have to do that, so they don't have to sit for that year. So it doesn't affect. I mean, it's it playtime keeps happening. So I think that that's really hurt in that when you look at the transfer portal stuff. But that's two guys. Like we're only talking about two guys in the transfer portal. You know, the the other four guys, you know, or guys, you know, you got Derek, you got McBride, who, I mean, I, I think he's going to go to the NBA. I don't think he comes back. And then you got Taz and you got McNeil. And I just don't understand what's happening that isn't, you know, holding those guys to the program. My worry then is this. If, if we're talking about is this the wind down to Huggins and – I don't think Huggins is the reason why we're not getting recruits. I think he actually is the biggest recruiting tool we have because I worry that when he's gone, we've now lost this. I mean, he's a hall of fame coach. So we now lost this hall of fame coach that guys could play for. And, and, you know, some guys look forward to playing for that hall of fame coach, or I played for coach Huggins or I played for bear Bryant or, you know, all these big name coaches. Well, when he leaves, and let's be realistic. It's going to be in less than 10 years. You're yeah. probably looking, I don't know, what is Sooner. He? Yeah, I mean, he's maybe, maybe five. Do we have five more with hugs? Yeah, I think you have to be realistic. I, I I would say way before 10. 
Yeah. So where where do we go from this? Because once we lose him, oh, it's bad. It's bad news. Well, we no longer have that recruiting tool, right? And, and you have to have, I think, and I I think we've done a lot in the last fifteen years to kind of make WVU a national name and and um, a well respected brand quote unquote for kids to kind of get into and follow and a lot of that is social media a lot of that is the the onset of the you know the inner internet and all that kind of stuff because that didn't exist before when you know when we looked at colleges the three of us we, we couldn't see anything on social media there was none right but i worry that if we don't have kind of like this um young uh, you know hungry coach leading us if we don't have a hall of fame coach we need to have a young hungry coach because if we end up getting like a no offense to ron everhart or larry harrison if one of those two guys steps in as the head coach trying to ride off of coach huggins coattails i don't know that that's as an exciting draw i think that i just think that hugs is looking for uh, you know you you can start to group guys over his tenure into like what you feel like are hugs type of players. You know, we bring up Joe Mazzulla a lot. I think, mm-hmm. I, I think, um, John flowers fits into that. I think you can kind of go. I thought Javon Staten fit that bill. You know, we lived yeah. off of Javon and Dax for, you know, for a solid four seasons. I think he's constant. I think you, I think it's our situation is tough. I think the fact that we play in the big 12 where we're at a, a, a travel dis- now I, I know it's gotten better over seasons. They work with us a little bit more, but I think you have to find the right kind of guys that want to not only take the grind of playing for hugs, because I don't think that's easy and then take the grind of that big 12 season and then be happy with all of that. I think it's a special player that buys into all of that works hard through all of that perseveres through all that and i don't think that he's found a complete set of folks that he thinks are his you know his guys that have staying power like that i think i think you know hopefully hopefully he does but i think coach hugs demands a lot out of these guys and i think that we've seen the people that had a long tenure you know, they were a certain type of player, a special type of player. And I don't I don't know that we always have that in these guys that are coming through. Yeah, it just it's it's an interesting time right now in WVU basketball, because I feel like when you come into a season like this and everybody has it so hyped up and then kind of how it's ending that season is is very strange. So it'll be an interesting follow for the next couple of weeks. And and obviously we'll have you uh, here with all of our opinions, which are worth what you pay for them folks so <laughs> um let's let's talk a little bit about wvu football as it relates to the nfl draft so the nfl draft was this past weekend a lot of hype going into the weekend about a couple of wvu players most notably uh darius stills and uh and and tony fields uh getting a lot of draft hype coming into the season uh, mostly by wvu media but by other media as well and I don't think it panned out as well for those guys as they thought it would. I mean, I think Tony Fields did well. Fifth round to the Browns, very good for him. I mean, I think that's a could be a good fit, um, you know, for him in the Browns. And uh, and so that that's great for him. I think on the other end, Darius had a tougher weekend with the draft, Johnson. Yeah, I think he had not up to his expectation and not up to most Mountaineer fans expectations either. And I think it always Guido, it always kind of makes me laugh as if you spend time watching past like the second round, I'm going to say like to me, the draft hits a threshold where you start to get into that territory where everyone overthinks everything. Like you're into these conversations, like, you know, as Darius continued to stay on the board, then I saw all this conversation around like the length of his arms, for example, <laughs> you know, and I right. thought like, is this what we're doing to this is poor this guy? Really a thing? Yeah. I like, mean, this is, I I've, you know, you've, if let's not pay attention to the games we've watched him be in and his performance and the fact that he was an all American and all conference player, we're now going to talk about, he needs to be a half an inch taller and his arms need right. to be, you know, two inches longer or something and i think what what's interesting about it and scooty actually mentioned this i mean for you know for wvu fans 
I think Darius was the bigger follow this week than than Fields, and I think that's just obviously because he played all four years at WVU. He's from West Virginia, up down the road in Fairmont. Yeah, I mean, like, I think all dad, like scaries, all, Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, that's... dad, like the whole thing. The brother still plays for the team, like you know. So nothing against Tony Fields. I think Tony Fields, you come to West Virginia, you play one year. People loved you. We love you. You'll always be a Mountaineer. Congrats on the fifth round draft pick. I think for us, it was kind of a dagger that Darius goes undrafted. Um, and we, you know, if you don't know already, he did sign as an undrafted free agent with the Raiders. And uh, congrats to him on that. But I think the fact that he goes undrafted when there was all this hype built up to it, and you know, I think Scooty nailed Scooty like hit it on the head though. It's like the just like the more. Almost as much as the NBA, you know, Scooty had texted out to us this week. He's like, you know, it's it, this is why there's so many weird things that these teams look for in the draft. This is why you see like some lineman from Slippery Rock gets drafted in the third round or whatever, you know, because they're looking for a special physique and a special skill set that they may have seen in tape that, you know, maybe Darius doesn't possess as much. Yeah, I think I think that sometimes, and I know people get upset, but measurables matter to pro scouts uh, how you do with the combine that's why the combine exists it's if if they all they did was look at game tape then they wouldn't have a combine right what's the point right. of having a combine so that kind of stuff matters and, and then you throw in other stuff like you know uh is he good in public situations and who know you know all the other stuff that we don't necessarily know about as fans. Like, I don't know what kind of conversations he had. And most of these teams interview the players. There's a lot of things that go beyond just game tape. Scoot, who was the guy like two seasons ago that right before the draft, he was posting pictures wearing a gas mask. Oh, is that Laramie Tunstall? Mm -hmm. And he remember how he still got drafted? Yeah. Yeah, so I yeah. don't buy into any of that crap you just talked about. Well, well, I think there's there's like a diminishing returns. Like you were, you were like it's like the Mendoza line. Like you're so good that it doesn't matter how crazy yeah, you, you are, we'll still draft some you. of the weird Pac-Man Jones. Right. Yeah, and you know you're or you're so bad that you know or you're not good enough and you have too much crazy. So there's it is it's like that Mendoza line. Of I just NFL think draft. if I told you that 19 defensive tackles were taken in the draft, you would have thought. He's in there somewhere. I'm not right. saying he's near the top or bottom or whatever. I just think most people would have been like, oh, okay, All-American, stand out in the Big 12. Yeah, he'll be in there somewhere. And he wasn't, and I find that hard to believe, to be honest. Now let me ask this question, and I, and I kind of know what you're going to say, but I, I want to throw it out there as a thought. Does it matter? Are we more passionate or less passionate because he is a native West Virginian? Yeah, of, of course. Yeah, of course, that's we're more a stupid passionate. question. Yeah, yeah, it's well, a dumb question. Okay, so if he were, um, I don't know, Jeremy Pooler, let's say, I know he's transferring out or whatever. If Jeremy Pooler doesn't get drafted and he has the same kind of career as Darius Stills did, are we as upset? No, yeah, no, we're not. Probably I mean, not. I mean, I'd still no. be like bummed, but no, yeah, not, but uh, not we're to definitely the degree that like we're taking offense to this, yeah. Right. So again, and this is again another one of those things, me not being the native West Virginian in the back of West Virginians minds. It's like, here we go again, getting screwed over one more time. <laughs> yeah, that's now, obviously we got an all American. Exactly we we yeah. got an all American and he still can't get drafted. Yeah, What's a guy got to do? No, uh, you're right. That's catch a baby yeah. from a burning building or something. I, I mean, what I don't, don't know. Uh, I don't know why you can't see that, but that's obviously. I don't good. know why you can't see that either, Scoot. I, I mean, I agree with you, and I mean, I mean you're talking like that... somebody that was born in Winchester. I don't understand <laughs> what you're talking. <laughs> I think that you know it is it, it absolutely. I mean, I think. And, and Scoot, you've been in the state long enough to know how we are. And it, it, we can even go back to the Derek Culvert conversation about this. Like, we loyalty means more to West Virginians than how well you play. Just watch like, over the next couple seasons, Scoot, how much Guido and I, how much our love for Jalen Bridges grows. Oh, I've already it, seen it. It already it's, is. It's, yeah. it's, absolutely. It's, I'll be honest. I like Jalen Bridges, but you guys and your love for Jalen Bridges is overstated because <laughs> he'll have a game where he scores nine points and we're raving about his transition you, to the starting lineup. And then 
the next two games, he'll score zero points. I still love And him. we're like, well, it was right. just an off game. Yeah, he's just, he's just fine. He's, yeah, he had a we're not passing the ball to him enough. Yeah, come That's on. It's problem. not his fault. So I've I, seen I, it. It's absolutely true, though. But, I mean, I think for Darius, I think I feel I, – none of us thought he was going to be a first-round draft pick. For the Thursday night, we weren't, like, on the edge of our seats. And I – personally, for me, uh, I wasn't Friday – I mean – I thought that he had a chance in the third round. I thought he was probably more a fourth or fifth round pick. Uh, Saturday had to be a pretty tough day for him, like to sit through, you know, those rounds and just see name after name after name going by. And I, and on top of everything else, Saturday was his birthday as well. Ooh. So you had, you had last day of the draft, last four rounds of the five rounds of the draft, and your birthday, and you're not getting picked. That's a rough. That's a rough take. Well, signing with the Raiders is a pretty good birthday present, though. Yeah, I mean, and and here's the thing. He posted out on. I saw a video on social media. I think it was like an Instagram live or whatever, where he was like. All this does for me, guys, is just makes my chip a little bit bigger. I'm gonna go out there and work a little bit harder because now I gotta prove to all of the the other you know 30 teams that I'm better than that th they made a mistake in not drafting me. I so will say this: I do think of all the 32 teams, he landed in the best place for him because of the following reason: he now has four guys on that defensive side of the ball that he has an instant connection with, and he probably already has a connection with them because you've got Carl Joseph, you got Nick Kwiatkowski, yeah. and then you've got Razul Douglas, all four right. guys, and then Darius. All four guys now have got that West Virginia connection. Um, I would imagine they've probably already reached out to him. They're probably going to take him under their wing. Uh, Nick Kwiatkowski, probably one of the more unheralded solid linebackers yeah, in the NFL for sure. right now. Yeah, like no I doubt. mean he's he's having he's a great a, career a right now. Rock yeah. in the NFL. And then you look at Carl Joseph, another Yeah. And the good thing is he went to a team that needed defensive tackles. Like he went to a team that needed, you know, help on the defensive line next year. So that that's that's a positive for him. I mean, I, I don't know, you know, at this point like what I mean obviously his goal and his goal will continue to be to make the team uh, you know, but you also have to remember that you know there's when you when you in the NFL making that practice squad when you're a defensive lineman is almost like making the team because you're gonna play because they get pulled they get pulled up really quickly from that from that uh, practice squad when you're on the defensive Do line. Do you so, think my boy Jordan McCabe had any influence in this signing? I do not because of his move to Las Vegas. Or yes, that's correct. Uh, no. I don't think. I don't think. I would say no. I think you're stretching. I think you're reaching. I think you're definitely stretching. You're this reaching. This is just there. another example of a sweet assist by Jordan. <laughs> oh, Scooch, you went far for that, man. You You've been holding that one in all around. day. Yeah, you've been, yeah. Listen, oh, man. He's dishing you've, dimes for WVU, <laughs> and we don't even have him on the roster. You've anymore. been thinking about he, that all day. Just for He this. wrote that one down like yes. two days ago. Right. Uh, other WVU players that did get so only Tony Fields, only WVU player get drafted in the NFL draft fifth by the Cleveland Browns, as we said. Uh, Darius signs as an undrafted free agent. Other ones that have signed as undrafted free agent. Uh, Mike Brown signs with the Saints. T.J. Simmons signs with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, maybe catching a couple passes from uh, Tom Brady. Unfortunately, I think the Buccaneers are pretty deep when it comes to wide receivers. And center Chase Barrett signs with the Steelers. So not a great day, I guess, for WVU in the draft. We've had better days, but, uh, you know, at least we get to see some guys in the NFL and, and kind of continue on. Guys, I want a couple more things I want to talk about real quick before we wrap up this segment and go on to Bluff the Fluffs. Uh, one thing is congratulations to Kaiser Gondresnik. She is tearing it up already in the WNBA. She signed a shoe deal already, Scoot. She signed with Scoot's favorite shoe, Adidas. I mean, I like that shoe. I don't know that I'd call it my favorite, but I do like an Adidas shoe. Well, you love it more now, I feel like. I would yes, assume you love I'll it I'll be now. buying those women's basketball shoes as soon as I can. Well, how awesome is it that she's now set up to be like the face of the new generation of basketball for Adidas? That's amazing. I mean, I thought that was such a crazy announcement. So, I mean, that's awesome for her. That's amazing. And I feel bad because I feel like uh, I 
I feel like I didn't hype her as much as we should have hyped her on the show, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, I feel like we had just kind of gotten to know her, you know, and then she was she was graduating. So I but I think it's it's cool. I mean, it's obviously cool for her. I think it's cool for Mike Carey and his program, too, because that they've got to be pumped, you know, as someone leaving the program and, and going on and doing awesome things. And it's got to be great. For, yeah. Like you said, great for recruiting. Like it's got to be awesome to have to have, you know, that to talk about when no you doubt. talk to recruits. Yep. Uh, and the other thing I want to talk about, guys, uh, last but certainly not least, is the Maisie family, WVU baseball coach Randy Maisie and his wife Amanda, who you've seen on a bunch of West Virginia stuff, and she's on ESPN Plus all the time for the Big 12 Network. Uh, the Maisie family have started a fundraiser, the Team Whammer fundraiser. They've they've teamed up with Jeff Hostetler and the Haas Foundation to raise money for um, families of kids that have gone through traumatic brain injuries just like West and their son has gone through. You can go to teamwhammer.com and uh, and definitely help out, donate. One of the things that they're doing if you go to teamwhammer.com is you can sign up over Father's Day weekend. WVU Baseball, Randy Maisie is going to do a father-son baseball camp at the stadium uh, in the that WVU plays at, Mon County Ballpark. Is that what they're calling it now? Whatever they're calling it now. The Black Bears, WVU, Mountaineer, Mon County Ballpark Stadium.com. Um, you can you get to go there. You get to spend Father's Day with your son and do uh, you know a little baseball camp with him run by WVU players and Randy Maisie. So How cool is that? That is that awesome. That would be phenomenal. That would be amazing. Yeah, that's epic. Yeah, so definitely check it out. Go to Team Whammer, that's W-A-M-M-E-R, TeamWhammer.com. Well, listen, guys, we're going to take a quick break here, and then we're going to come back with the number one game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast. It's a little game we like to call Bluff the Fluff. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Vortech Knives is a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in high-quality steel, fast-opening, everyday carrying knives. If you go to VortechKnives.com today and use the code G-Y-E-O, you get a 25% discount on your entire order. That's Vortech, V-O-R-T-E-K, Knives.com, a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in fast-opening, high-quality, everyday carry knives. Vortech Knives. This is Darius Stills. You're listening to You Got Your Ears On. All right, everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoot and Johnson. And don't forget, you can find us on the social medias at Got Your Ears on Instagram and Twitter and search for us on Facebook. Just look for Got Your Ears On. We're there. It's great. You should follow. There's funny stuff there. I mean, we are the number five podcast in all of WVU podcast dumb. Yeah, I mean, come find out what that's all about. Yeah, you gotta yeah find out what that's all Come about. On. You gotta get on, get on the train. I mean, I don't want to be number five, but okay. <laughs> what number do you want to be, Scoot? I mean, two would be all right. <laughs> <laughs> We're number two. We're number two. I Who does like number better. two work for? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, you know what we do have that's number one. We have the number one game show. On a WVU sports podcast. We do have Number that. one. Yes. Highly voted. Everybody knows. There's no game show on a WVU sports podcast. Sweeping the country. Better than this one. All the cool yeah, kids. I mean. All the cool kids. Or at least, least sweeping North Central West Virginia. Yes. One of the two. Uh, it's a little show we like to call Bluff the Fluffs. And Johnson came back last week, won, and now has tied up with Scoot six games apiece moving forward it's a it's a close you guys are close this year like this is a close battle you guys are having neck this and neck yes so yeah you guys are neck and neck right now it's it's a very close very close matchup uh so we'll see what happens this week so you know we we kind of go back and forth every now and then we do have a wvu centric bluff the fluff and that's what we have this week okay. so this week on the sh- on the show guys it is a bluff the fluff about the history of wvu undrafted free agents in the NFL draft. Oh, wow. Interesting. Okay. So we'll see what your knowledge is of WVU football. I'm excited about this. I'm ready for it. 
I was undrafted, so I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, Scoot was Scoot was undrafted, and then he was not signed, though. No. He was an undrafted, unsigned Still a free, free agent. agent, yes. yes. This, Still is. To this Give him day. a call. <laughs> Hit him up. All right, so uh, as you all know, a correct answer is worth five points, an incorrect uh, steal is worth ten points, and final bluff is worth 25 points. Before we started, we had a complete and total random flip of the coin, and... Scooty, you get to go first this week. It's about time. I mean, do you feel like first This weighted quarter that you flip is ridiculous. It's got two heads on it, so head on both sides. You just picked heads this week, so good for you. All right, here we go. First question, on to Scoot, bluff the fluffs. WVU wide receiver George Campbell only played one season at WVU in 2019, and even though he was granted an extra year of eligibility, he declined and decided to go to the NFL. He signed with the Jets as an undrafted free agent, but was released after camp. And he went on to play last season, 2020, for which of these teams? Was it the Calgary Stampeders of the CFL, the Philadelphia Soul of the Arena Football League, the Houston Roughnecks of the XFL, or he didn't play at all? Hmm. I feel... Ooh, that's a tough question. Because I'm trying to think. That's uh, pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna say he went to the XFL, the Houston Cowboy team. Whatever that would be the Houston Roughnecks. Roughnecks. <laughs> no, that's incorrect. I'm sorry. <laughs> he just had finger on the buzzer, waiting for you to get done there. Yes. Let's go, CTs, Cowboy team. all right johnson for 10 points and the steal was it the calgary stampeders of the cfl the philadelphia soul of the arena league or he did not play last year uh i'm gonna say that he did not play last year Ooh, i'm sorry that is also incorrect. Nobody gets any points right there. He played with the Calgary Stampeders in the CFL last oh, year. Oh, cool. So okay. Went to the CFL. You know, it's kind of, it's professional. It's football. It's a different field. Hey, I mean. You know, uh, and the goalposts are in, in play. Yeah. And he got to, like, get a running start every time he went. And for, you play for out. the Anna Stuckus Trophy. Scoot. Yeah, that's right. All right. So nobody gets any points right there. Johnson, this next question is off to you. Former WVU cornerback Jerry Holmes was a star at WVU, but went undrafted in the 1980 NFL draft. He signed as an undrafted free agent, and he played how many years in the NFL? How many years did he play in the NFL? Was it one year in the NFL, five, nine, or 12? Jerry Holmes had a pretty lengthy career with the Jets. Um... I think he played nine seasons. That's a correct answer. He played nine seasons, most of them with the Jets, but also with the Lions and the Packers, and he had 25 career NFL interceptions. When I was three, I remember him being uh, feeling snubbed. You remember that in 1980? I remember that feeling, yes, when when I was three. Because you were a huge WVU football yes, fan so in I Connecticut thought, what in at three world? years old. When well, is this guy going to get those drafted? Those of us that have been lifelong WVU fans, Scoot, we know these yes, type of things. this is true. All right, so Johnson gets five points, the correct answer on the Jerry Holmes question. Scooty, this next question is back to you. This NFL kicker went undrafted in the NFL draft, but ended up being a Pro Bowl kicker in the NFL. Was it Pat McAfee, Lou the Toe Groza, Mike Vanderjack, or Todd Sauerbrunn? Hmm. I feel like uh, I think Sauerbrunn was drafted, and I, I'm going to guess McAfee may have. Been. I'm going to go with uh, Mike Vanderjack. That's correct. Mike Vanderjack was on the 2003 Pro Bowl team as a Colt, and he left West Virginia, went undrafted, decided not to get signed with an NFL team. Then he played. And you remember he's from Canada originally, and he played uh, CFL football for a couple of years, and then came back to play for the Colts and. I think he played like what eight nine seasons, Johnson. At the yeah, co- with I the always Colts? remember Peyton Manning calling him our liquored up kicker. Remember that? Like that's what I always think about when I think <laughs> yeah, of Mike yeah, Vanderjack. Right? In two thousand three, he was in the Pro Bowl. So there you go. All right, uh, Scooty, five points with the correct answer right there. Good job, good guess. And Johnson, this next question guess is back 
to you? Good guess. I'm guessing it was a guess. No, There's no way I knew. Was... I knew. You knew? Yeah. Okay. All right, Johnson, this next question is back to you. Don Barclay has played 73 games and started 28 games in the NFL since leaving his WVU in 2011. What team signed him after he went undrafted in the 2012 NFL draft? Was it the Saints, the Packers, the Lions, or the Broncos? Uh, Don Barkley was signed by the Packers. That's a correct answer for five points, Johnson. Yeah, he signed with the Packers, played five years with the Packers, and then went on to play with those other teams, the Saints, the Lions, and the Broncos, finally. All right, Johnson, good job answering that. You'd have the lead 10 to 5 right now. And Scooty, this next question is back to you. Will Johnson went undrafted after the 2012 NFL draft. After seeing him at the WVU Pro Day, Mike Tomlin decided to sign him as a free agent. In 2012, he was named to the midseason all rookie team for the NFL and went on as the starting fullback for the Steelers for almost five years. How many total touchdowns did Will Johnson have in his NFL career? Was it zero, three, seven, or 23? Hmm. That's a good question. I'm glad you think all of these are good questions, by the way. I appreciate that. I feel that he had three touchdowns. That's correct. Three touchdowns for him in his NFL career. So good job, Scooty. Thanks. I don't know how you knew that. Uh, I know my NFL. He mostly blocked people. That was his job for the Steelers, by the way, if you ever if you ever want to know. He caught he actually had more receiving yards than he had rushing yards in his five years with the Steelers. Hmm. All right. Good job. We're all tied up, ten apiece. And Johnson, this next question, the last one before final bluff is back to you. Corey McIntyre played defensive in and linebacker in 44 games for WVU from 98 to 2001. He signed as an undrafted free agent with the Eagles after the 2002 NFL draft, but he ended up playing his NFL career on the offensive side of the ball. What position did he primarily play during his NFL career? Was it center, tight end, right tackle, or fullback. I think he went as a right tackle. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Scooty, for 10 points and the steal, was he a center, a tight end, or a fullback? Oh, Corey McIntyre was definitely a tight end. I'm sorry, no, he was a fullback in the NFL for his NFL career. So I did not know nobody that. gets any points right there. I thought you guys would know that. He played like what, four or five years with the Eagles? Yeah, I know him for us. I I didn't know that about his pro days. All right, guys. So we go into final bluff again, tied up. I like these close games you guys have been having lately with uh fi- bluff the fluffs here. It's it's kind of fun. It's exciting. Yes. Apparently not to you though. <laughs> All right, as we go here into Final Bluff, I always ask you guys every week, you have to have your own buzzer for Final Bluff. It's worth 25 points here to get the right answer. So what's your buzzer this week, Scooty? Hiya! <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, Scooty's still stuck in his whatever Cobra Kai. Have you been watching, like, kung fu movies or something <laughs> lately? Know. Your intros and buzzers have been hiya's a lot lately. I don't know. Uh, it's my lack of creativity i guess it's getting the better of me right now all right johnson uh what's your buzzer this week free agent free agent okay i like it there we go because that's what we're that's talking about a long long buzzer undrafted free agent i just go by the first sound yeah, so it doesn't matter how long it is fr- okay yeah right all right worth 25 points here's final bluff the most famous undrafted free agent in wvu history hands down is james jett After playing wide receiver at WVU, then getting a gold medal in the 1992 Barcelona Olympics, he went as an undrafted free agent in the 1993 NFL draft and went on to sign with the Raiders of Los Angeles at the time, actually, and played his entire nine-year NFL career there. While with the Raiders in the NFL, how many total touchdowns did James Jett have? Was it 12 21, 30, 
or 45. All right, Scooty, you're in. Uh, What do you got? I believe James Jett had himself 30 touchdowns. That's a correct answer. 30 touchdowns, 256 receptions, and 4,417 total career yards with the Raiders. So uh, congratulations, Scoot, on the win. I know my NFL players. What can you I know say? your NFL players. I mean, James Jett, by far, probably the most famous undrafted free agent from WVU. He was huge. Yeah, I would I would say so. Yeah, we were all crazy about him when he played, and, and then the whole thing with him running the what, – what did he run? Like the 4 by 100 I think, and got yeah, gold? Yeah, I mean, right. No, you're right. He was aptly named. Yes, James he was Jett. aptly named. It was a good time. That was, was a fun time. Well, congratulations, Scoot. You take the lead now, seven games to six over Johnson and bluff the fluffs, and I'm sure that victory tastes so good. Oh, it does. It does. It it tastes great. Okay. Well, I'm glad it tastes great. <laughs> I'm happy for you. I hope it tastes like uh, I don't know a Chick Fil A chicken with sa- uh, a Chick Fil A sandwich with cheese. It on does. It. it tastes like a cheese a chicken sandwich with cheese. No pickles. <laughs> no pickles though. All right, well, listen, guys, let's take a break. We're going to come back with a little segment like we like to call, I can't believe my ears. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Tactical Legion Knives, a West Virginia-owned and operated company that specializes in heavy-duty tactical knives and gear for the professional warrior, the weekend warrior, and the outdoor warrior. Our products are built tough. For who? For warriors. Hey, Mountaineer fans, make sure you go on Amazon and search Tactical Legion Knives. And when you do, make sure you put in the promo code 25TOBRADIO for Tob Radio. You'll get 25% off on Tactical Legion Knives. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Got Your Ears On. Don't forget... Check out our website, gotyourearson.com. It's kind of the hub of everything about who we are. It has our merch, all of that kind of stuff. Right, Johnson? Yeah, you'll find the latest blog post with all the show notes of stuff we talked about this week with all the links right there for you to click on and check out. You can also find the link in the sidebar to the merch store and, and do some do some shopping, Guido. I mean, who doesn't need some new merch, right? And then you can also listen to the latest show right on the website. Just click on the tune-in link. So check it out. It's all right there. All right, yeah, check it out, gotyourearson.com. Well, the phone call came in. He was allowed to go back on the Internet this week and find us something to talk about. So, Scoot, you got on the Internet, and we have a little segment that you like to present to us that we like to call, I can't believe my ears. What do you got for us this week, Scoot? Well, I have two, and I think I'll start with the runner-up. The runner-up for the... Can't believe Kind of like ears. a can't believe your entree. Like yes. can't, can't believe your hors d'oeuvre. So uh, the, the runner-up uh, goes to Jesus Lazardo for breaking his pinky finger while playing video games and putting himself on the injured list. You would talk Oakland about Day. this one. Uh, yeah, so apparently he was playing video games and somehow must have been mad. I can only imagine it was a rage quit moment for him. Um Perhaps somebody like myself may have killed him in a Call of Duty game because that's well, embarrassing for anybody. Well, my thoughts immediately went to Call of Duty. Yes. Well, we, so first of all, we should preface this. Jesus Lazardo, pitcher for the Oakland Athletics. Oakland Athletics, by the way, Scooty, you know this, Johnson's favorite Major League Baseball yeah, team. Yeah, so you would bring this up. I also know that they're on the West Coast, and nobody watches that. Well, I keep up with them. I mean, except for the, I mean, the, I the knew 10 people in Oakland. I know you don't do it through the newspaper because it's always reported as late game. <laughs> You're talking about the old print newspaper yeah. that nobody reads anyways anymore. Yes. That's I the same reason why I don't pay attention to the West Coast teams. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because I'm not going to look at some late game action. You, you got me, Scoot. When I go looking for that box score and they all, uh, when I get the popcorn from the kid at the street I don't and I get read my about newspaper. Saturday's game hey, son, on you got Monday the late games Tuesday? in there. I'm following the Oakland A's here. <laughs> I don't want to see the box score from two days ago. Oh, that's well, too funny. I use this thing called the internet. Well, anyway, yes. uh, so that was my runner-up. Uh, the real story I want to get to is, uh, and this probably uh, is something that maybe Guido can relate to more than Johnson. Johnson, okay. you don't have contact lenses, do you? 
I do not. Okay, uh, Guido, have you have any? Ex- do you have any experience with contact lenses? I well, my experience with contact lenses is that I I decided I wanted to get them to get rid of my glasses. I went to the eye doctor. They ordered them for me, and then I sat in the eye doctor's office for an hour and a half trying to get them in my eyes, and I couldn't. I gave up, and I've never tried. <laughs> hey. <to get> <laughs> Oddly enough, we have a very similar story, a very similar path in, in our eyewear, because I, too, have uh, glasses, and I, too, went to the eye doctor, had contact lenses, the lady put them in my eyes for me at first, and this then said, which is, weird, which is weird in itself, right? Like, right. Yeah, this sounds terrible. Hey, lady, touch my eyeball, right. please. Yes, and then she said, you need to take them out so that you can practice putting them back in. And I sat there for about 20 minutes trying to figure out what exactly I was supposed to do to get this contact lens out. Like, I don't even did know you what start, I told Did her, you I start to panic? Like. like, oh, my God, these lenses are just permanently in yeah, eyeballs. Yeah, like I said, now. I don't even know what it feels like. What, I don't, what am I grabbing? I'm going to grab my eyeball out of the socket. <laughs> like, I don't. I felt like Indiana Jones no, or something. No, sir, the eye stays in your head. You yeah, just like, need I don't to know what I'm lens. grabbing for. I said, this is a horrible process so then they sent me home with the contact lenses go ahead you practice this weekend well never touched them again did no you? forget that because what happens when i do get them in i can't get them back out so i'm not dealing with that so no no glasses well uh since neither of us wear or none of us wear contact lenses uh we can't feel the sympathy maybe the empathy for yesedra williams of detroit who recently uh, had some issues and uh, woke up and her eyes were bothering her, went to okay. reach over to the bedside uh, table and uh, put some drops in her eyes, only right. to find out that it was fingernail glue. Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is awful. Yeah. Fingernail glue. Could this not, is way um, worse than Gorilla is, Glue in the Hair Lady. From so like, she yeah, nearly this lost is, her yeah, vision when way, she mistook a I would imagine. bottle yeah, of I would think for so. eye drops. Oh, my goodness. Um, oh, gosh. She said she reached into her purse, grabbed what she thought were the eye drops, and uh, she started to freak out, of course. Told her husband to call 911. She had to go to the hospital. They opened her eye and removed the contact lens. Oh they say goodness. that the contact lens saved her vision. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Um, That's insane. Well, okay, so here, a couple things. One is, uh, so I'm I'm married. My lovely wife, who I love very much, wears contact lenses every day. Okay. She takes them out at night. She takes them out every night. So this lady leaves her contact yeah, lenses all night. Yeah, that's true. I thought you weren't supposed to sleep You're not supposed to, but a lot of people do. Like, I know oh, some okay. people that, like... They'll leave them in for a month. They're like daily contact lenses, but they, they'll leave them in for a month. And then when it starts to bother them, which is, I think, like uh, you have started to develop like bacteria and stuff that's like conjunctivitis and things that are causing issues. So when you start to get the pink eye, yes, that's you, when take you take out, out the, the contact, contact lenses. Yeah, I would think there'd be a better plan or strategy than, than that, but... That's just me. Well, Scoot, thanks for thanks for bringing that for you. I was actually kind of hoping I'm going to throw on here for. I know we're running a little long this week, but just for fun, I'm going to throw on what I was hoping you were going to bring Ooh. as the can't believe my ears. Going to throw one back at you, Scoot. Okay. Can't, can't, believe, can't believe my ears. Side dish. Yeah, a little side dish here. So I got I got one for you. So you guys, uh, you guys like fast food. Yeah, you guys are fast sure. food fans. Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah. Right. Who doesn't fast food? Yeah. So, uh, so, so is a guy in Yate, which is uh, a town in in England, right? In I thought Great you. Britain. I thought you started to mean like Yeat, like uh, Yate. W Y Y A T E. Like Yeat, like Yeet. Like Yeet. Yeet. I was. Yeet. Yeah, that's what I thought you were trying to get Scoot to give <laughs> no. you a Rudy Rudy Batten, twenty two. Sounds like a Yeet. guy from Yate. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yep. Classic Rudy Batten. Classic Rudy Batten, huge fan of fast food. Okay, right? sure. So much of a fan of fast food, he who also has some trouble with the law, Rudy. Oh, okay. Uh, went into his local McDonald's and pointed a gun at the cashier oh, and wow. demanded chicken nuggets. <laughs> he said, "Okay." Held up the McDonald's for chicken nuggets. Give me chicken nuggets. Excuse, to which, this sounds like if you. This sounds like if I you mean, were a criminal. I have yet to see what's wrong about this story so far. Right. To to which the the cashier at the McDonald's said, 
I'm sorry, sir. We can't serve you any chicken nuggets because it's before 1045 <laughs> and we're still serving breakfast. That's a gutsy cashier, right? Like, look, I know you got a gun pointed at me, but I'm just telling you what the rule You're is. You're not telling like Bev in the back, hey, throw some freaking nuggets in the right. grill, like in the, right. in the fryer. Hey, like, uh, this guy's yeah, got a gun. So, so Rudy <laughs> is Bev. I like that. I like, I like Bev in the back. That's good. <laughs> So Rudy, being the you know entrepreneurial, oh. smart ne'er do well that he is, I feel like he's not going to take that for an he, answer. He doubles down and he says, "Okay, well if you can't give me nuggets, I want a couple double sausage McMuffins." And so they serve him or they give him at gunpoint. So it turns into like a regular order at McDonald. Like, why is the gun needed at this point? I guess. Yeah, right. No, he didn't pay. He held them up to get the food. But for I mean, free. for three. McMuffins or something? On top of that, so it comes to light after Rudy gets arrested on February 2nd uh, and is now looking at six years of jail time, by the way, that the night before uh, Rudy decided to go to Miss Millie's, which is apparently a restaurant in Yate, you know, because as you are, he went to Miss Millie's and he he held up Miss Millie's at gunpoint for about 200 pounds, 200 pounds being like the money yes. uh, that they have there in England, Scoot, right. not yes. the um, amount of yeah. uh, 200 pounds of fried chicken as well the night before. So Dang. Ru- Rudy likes to rob places for food, not for money. Rudy's it feels hungry. like Rudy gets hungry and then he's like, let me get my gun. He gets hangry. He gets hangry. That's right. He's, he's like hangry. definition, definition of hangry. Johnson. Would you ever think about holding up a Chick Fil A for a nice, you know, Rudy's your kind of guy because he's going after the chicken. No, I mean, yeah, I he feel likes the like chicken. I've wanted to hold up a McDonald's because of their service in the past, but no, I mean, I've it's never crossed my mind. No. So he's looking at six years for what probably amounts to cost wise. Uh, well, you said the do two hundred pounds of chicken wings. Yeah, come on, two hundred. Yeah, that's, I mean that's a lot. Hundy, oh, that's mean, expensive. Hmm. I would he, think. He, uh, he, I, I think it's also the fact that you know, he, at, you know, at knife and gunpoint, he was yeah, you know, detail brandishing details. weapons right. at people. That also kind of hurts you with that whole. I think it works go to jail you. thing. Yeah, right. I mean, if he had come in and he'd waved his finger and said, yes. "Give me chicken nuggets," right? I think he'd he'd probably only be looking at I like mean, you know a, a fine and a few he days. He is in jail. accommodating Maybe. though, right? Because once he was told that they didn't have chicken nuggets available, he was willing to accept the terms of the new offer. I mean, what do you think it was? You think like, you know, what did they start? They start serving lunch at McDonald's at 11 o'clock, right? So you think it was like, what if it was like 1046? And they're like, sir, you got to wait like 15 minutes. Yeah, what if he just stood and there the and like ready tapping his toe impatiently with his gun in his hand for 15 minutes? Dude, and what, here's what I don't get about McDonald's, Scooty, is like at McDonald's, like, if you, and so so say he came in 10 minutes before they start serving nuggets. Like, why can't they just make the guy nuggets? Yeah. Like, why do they have to, you know, they, we don't serve, we're sure serving breakfast, yeah, sir. Right. I mean, <laughs> I, I think there's a, a place and a time for breakfast foods. And um, it would shake up the, uh, the earth's rotation if you try to mess with that. I so, think it's poorly yeah, managed, Guido. I think a good manager gets gets Rudy wants what he wants. I mean, come on. Maybe, I mean, maybe that maybe that's what it is. So interesting, though. I thought I'd bring that up for you guys. You know, you love when somebody holds somebody up for chicken nuggets. So, all right, everybody. Well, thanks for joining us this week. We'll be back next week with another show. Still following this whole WVU basketball craziness and whatever else happens with WVU sports. Don't forget, find us on Instagram and Twitter at Got Your Ears. You can also look for us on Facebook. Just search Got Your Ears on and visit our website. We've got a great merch section there. You can buy shirts. We still have our pullover guy shirts where a dollar for every shirt sold goes to the Norman Ray Huggins Foundation. So you can order those shirts online at GotYourEarsOn.com. We'll be back next week, guys. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Got your ears on. <laughs>